Hello, and welcome back to Sinister Sisters. Hi. I'm Kat. <clears throat> this is Shrimp, and we're your hosts. <laughs> Today is Soapbox Yay. Sunday, so we're going to be talking about a non-true crime case. But before we start, if you like us by the end of the episode, please give us a follow on Instagram at sinistersisters.podcast, on TikTok at sinistersisterspodcast, on YouTube we have video versions of the episodes, which is also at sinistersisterspodcast, and we have links to all of that in the various description show notes bio boxes um (laughs) (laughs) and we also have a case request form as well in those places that you can use to suggest any cases to us that you think that you might enjoy us covering so either true crime or non-true crime so yeah soapy soapy (laughs) today what we are talking about (laughs) sorry (laughs) welcome back to sinister Sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my dudes, we got a a hate comment, I guess, (laughs) negative comment, and um, yeah, the person put sisters in quotation marks as if we're not. As if we don't look the same (laughs) to the untrained eye. To the untrained eye. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was funny. The first negative comment that we got was for our anti-capitalism views, so... (laughs) Rock and roll that's on on brand, I would say. <laughs> I don't even care about the rest of the comment, just the like sisters in quotation marks. <laughs> that just made me laugh for like too long. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> it's funny. It's just funny. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. But <laughs> hello, whoever you are, if you still hate watching us. Thank hey. you. The engagement. <laughs> um so today what we're talking about is um not a fun topic so we should so we're going to be talking about um conservatorship abuse and we're going to use the britney spears case as a kind of an example case example this is a horrible practice in my opinion. So we're going to kind of break down what it is, talk about what happened with Britney Spears, and then also talk about how it affects kind of the general public as well, or just like average non-famous people. Nice. So conservatorship, by definition, is a powerful legal tool. And what it does is it strips away an individual's ability to make their own decisions. So this can be appropriate at times to help protect an individual, um, especially if they're, you know, kind of proving that they're acting away from a place that's safe for them. When a court appoints an individual as the conservator, so the person kind of in charge of the relation, they have a duty to make decisions on behalf of the conservatee, which is the person under conservatorship. It is really common for conservatorship to cover both the person and their estate, which means that the conservator can make business, legal, and personal life decisions on behalf of the conservatee. Essentially, 
the conservatee can then no longer make any decisions about anything without the approval of that conservator. Gross. This creates a power dynamic in which the conservator can very easily take advantage. Conservatorship abuse can involve financially exploiting or imposing excessive personal restrictions on someone. Cases in which the victim is an elderly person are especially common, mm. which is very sad. That is gross, um, yeah. The U.S. Government Accountability Office released a report that analyzed conservator- conservatorships taking place in 45 states over 10 years. And they kind of estimated that a total of $5.4 million was exploited and stolen in those two, 10 years. From fragile people? Vulnerable people? Yes. Vulnerable people. It's always Gross. vulnerable vulnerable people because you have to prove to the court that the person is not capable of making their own decisions. Gross. Conservatorship is often also enforced on individuals who've been diagnosed with complex mental illness or with um, kind of diminished cognitive abilities or cognitive disabilities of some sort. And then this also points to the larger issue where um, we often infantilize individuals who are experiencing mental illness or disabilities. Society as a whole seems to associate neurodivergence with weakness, which really isn't the case. And in fact, actually allowing people to participate in the world and to make their own mistakes is actually much more beneficial long term Mm -hmm. because that's how you learn, right? That's how we let other people learn. And so why, why are we taking that right to learn away from people who have mental illness or disabilities of some sort? Yeah. Both physical and cognitive disabilities. All right. So to demonstrate our point, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the conservatorship of Britney Spears. Um, this was really in the media a lot last year, so it was kind of an easy case to point to there's lots of details and things like that so if you don't know who Britney Spears is where have you been how how do you not know who Britney Spears is yeah um but essentially she came into the spotlight in the 1990s um initially she was featured on the Mickey Mouse Club and then she went on to have a very very successful pop career in the late 1990s early 2000s and then just to kind of frame us in this time space the 2000s were a really quite terrible time to be in the public eye. The paparazzi were ruthless. Magazines were like constantly picking apart, especially women, um, for looking like a human being. I can remember reading, um, I'm going to use the term articles loosely here, but reading (laughs) articles where it was like such and such on her way to the grocery store, wearing, like, sweatpants and no makeup. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I can remember reading an article in, I think it was Seventeen magazine. And it was, like, I can't remember exactly, but it was, like, this is, like, the features that men find most attractive. mm -hmm. But it was, like, done in a very negative way. And so it was, like, men don't like broad shoulders like and then would name a celebrity with broad shoulders i think it was 17 i'm not actually sure on that but i can see that 
Yeah. Which is actually grosser because that is targeted towards teenagers. Yeah. And that was, like, the thing was, like, some of it was, like, a little bit less gross. Like, oh, men, like, when you brush your teeth, you know? And, like, that's (laughs) whatever. But, no, it was very, I can remember reading it. It was very targeted towards certain people. Also, who cares what men like? Yeah. They can suck it up. We don't. Figure it out. (laughs) We're anti-capitalist, feminist, um, libtards over here. (laughs) I... (laughs) Anyway. In the early 2000s, the uh, paparazzi were also, like, literally everywhere. Like, leeches. I'm gonna include some photos in the case file, or if you're watching the video on the screen now, of just the like crazy amount of uh, paparazzi follow, literally following celebrities of all calibers, like even minor celebrities around, like to their houses, to their kids' daycares. It was a very wild time. And this really contributed to Britney Spears' kind of experience and how she came to be under conservatorship. Conservatorship. Mm. So in 2007, shortly after she divorced from her ex-husband, Kevin Fenline, and lost her custody of her son, sons, two sons, Britney Spears began acting erratically in public. A lot of this was photographed and sold to tabloids, and the, there's those now infamous shots of her shaving her head and smashing a car window with an umbrella. I'll include those as well here. You've probably seen them before. This raised concern for Britney's well-being. And then in 2008, she was admitted twice to the hospital under temporary psychiatric assessment rulings, including after an incident when she allegedly refused to surrender her sons in a standoff involving police. A temporary conservatorship was established around this time, and it was intended to only last for a few days. But it was made permanent later in the year. The initial conservatorship position actually claimed that Brittany was suffering from dementia, but this was not corroborated by medical documents at all. The approval process to place Brittany under a permanent conservatorship apparently only took 10 minutes. So I'm not really sure how you can prove that someone is not fit to run their own lives in such a short period of time. Yeah. But that's what happened. Jeez. By uncorroborated, like, hearsay evidence. Yeah. Which, I don't, like, I'm not a doctor and I don't know too much about dementia, but she was, like, performing and, like, mm-hmm. remembering choreography and... Yeah. Song lyrics. Song lyrics and, yeah. like, the timing of when things were happening, like, the confetti or whatever. That doesn't really sound like someone. But again, I don't know. Yep. It seems unlikely, though, that she was suffering from dementia looking back now, because that was, like, you know, the better part of 20 years ago. So she would have, in theory, deteriorated probably a lot in that time if she was experiencing dementia. So more likely it was she had a psychiatric event caused by a lot of stressful things happening in her life, exasperated by being fucking followed everywhere Mm. and so 
I think that that would, you know, cause some things to happen for most people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She wasn't vibing. She wasn't and that's vibing. okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Britney's conservatorship was split into two parts. So one was for her estate and financial affairs. The other was for her person. Her father, whose name is Jamie Spears, was put in charge of both parts. There was a few other people involved as well, but he's kind of like the long-term person. And he was in charge of both parts of her conservatorship until 2019. But he, after that time, continued to serve as her financial slash estate conservator. Other people who were involved were her business manager, for a brief period of time, her fiancé at the time was involved as her personal conservator. Also, a long-running person was a lawyer, like a family lawyer, I guess. Hmm. So in recent court filings, Jamie's lawyers stated that the conservatorship was put in place because it was necessary to protect Brittany in every sense of the word. They said, quote, Her life was in shambles. And she was in physical, emotional, mental, and financial distress. So at that time, maybe it seems fair that a temporary measure would be put in place to help protect Brittany and to get her the help that she needed and get her back on her feet. But unfortunately, that's not the case here. This conservatorship lasted for nearly 14 years, despite repeated calls for the situation to be ended. Yeah. And not just from Brittany herself, but from a variety of other people involved in her life. So within the first few months in 2008, Brittany repeatedly attempted to hire lawyers that could defend her in court proceedings related to her conservatorship. Repeatedly, she was found, quote, not fit to hire counsel, and her lawyers were dismissed from court. So who was defending her? Nobody. Her conservators. And their legal team. Yeah. So in November of 2008, MTV broadcast a documentary that was called Britney for the Record. And in that film, Britney expressed discontent about life under conservatorship, saying, quote, There's no excitement. There's no passion. I have really good days and I have bad days. Even when you go to jail, you know there's a time where you're going to get out. But in this situation, it's never ending. It's just like Groundhog Day every day. Yeah. And so in the years when she was under conservatorship, Britney released three studio albums. She had a very successful Vegas residency and made tons of television appearances, Mm -hmm. including serving as a judge on the USX Factor for... a a decent stint. However, she, during this time, repeatedly was denied ability to make decisions for herself. In 2021, when everything sort of came to a head, she told the court, I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told now that in the conservatorship that I'm not able to get married and have a baby. She also said that she was forced to go on tour, forced to take medication that she didn't want to, forced to enter rehab, and also forced to keep an IUD birth control implanted. Gross. Yeah, yeah. And so the conservatorship had 
power over her finances and career decisions, plus all of these personal matters. And those even included things like visits with her her two sons, whether she could get married, even to the extent of what color her kitchen cabinets could be. What? <clears throat> if you are doing all of this to protect her like financially and whatever, I'm pretty sure kitchen counters are not like that important. Yeah. Like that's just a control thing, surely. Yeah. Yeah, cuz who cares? If you yeah. want to have a pink kitchen. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to affect like that's not hurting. Not likely going to affect anybody in a negative way. That's yeah. like yeah. lasting. And possibly if, you know, you wanted to paint your cabinets pink and you didn't have any money to do it, like yeah. that could have some financial detriment, but I yeah. mean Britney Spears, Britney Spears is worth yeah like millions of dollars so yeah it doesn't really matter it's not going to affect things so and she lives um side note like because she posts on tiktok and instagram a lot um she lives in like a giant mansion so yeah she's probably not it's not going to financially break her to choose her own kitchen counter color exactly yeah so in 2010, the Britney Spears Foundation, which was established before she was put under conservatorship, saw a significant loss in assets. The foundation initially was intended to support children in the performing arts, but in 2010, they made a 50000 donation to an organization called Mercy Ministries, and this left the Britney Spears Foundation with only $17 in assets. According to the New York Times, the Mercy Ministries regularly received financial support from Lou Taylor, who was Britney's business manager and a part of her conservatorship team in 2010, and at the time promoted conversion therapy programs. The estate's donations were allegedly approved by Britney, despite public support for LGBTQ plus issues and the intention that she had set to refrain from religious donations. Gross. Yeah. In March of 2011, amid kind of the rollout of her album Femme Fatale, Britney's estate was sued for over $10 million by a licensing firm after it failed to pay 35% commission agreed upon to the cosmetics company Elizabeth Arden for perfume production sale kind of process. Yeah. She has a number of perfumes. Yeah. Which smell very nice, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, so the firm, the licensing firm, described Britney's estate's business practices as wanton, willful, and oppressive. The mm. court had actually ruled that Britney was unfit to be deposed or to testify in this case, but that licensing firm countered that Quote, the notion is a scam. Miss Spears currently has the mental, emotional, and physical capacity to endure the strain of various career and personal activities. Yeah. So this is just a few a few years after the conservatorship was put in place. Um, so obviously she was doing much better at that yeah. time. And then in 2012, also in March, sources indicated that Brittany was confident in her own ability to take back the reins of her life but the conservatorship remained for, quote, financial and legal reasons. That was in? 2012. 
So this is um, four years after the conservatorship was instated. Hmm. Quite a lot of things happened in the like 2010s in this case. So I'm just going to sort of like quick fire through them. And these are obviously, it's not obviously not everything that's happened, but things that I thought really pointed to the fact that she didn't need to be under this like oppressive control at all, probably past 2009 mm-hmm. or really at all ever. So Louis Walsh, who was a co-star on The X Factor, claimed in 2021 that while they were both on The X Factor, that Britney was heavily medicated, alleging that it actually impaired her ability to function during the shows, adding fuel to the fact that she was pretty likely taking medication that didn't work well for her. Britney continued to express frustration about the conservatorship while she was on the X Factor as well. It was reported around this time in the kind of early 2010s that Britney's internet and phone usage were both restricted and monitored. And when she began dating a man called David Lucando, Lucado, her father completed a background check on him. Gross. That's an invasion of privacy. Yep. And I believe 2013, Jamie petitioned the court for an increase in allowance for himself. He had earned about $16,000 a month (laughs) since 2008 and requested that he be granted an additional $2,000 per month. I believe at this time... Sorry, go ahead. So he's making $18,000 a month. Or he was making $16,000 a month off his daughter and wanted more. Yeah. And I believe at that time, Brittany herself was given an allowance of about $2,000 a week. So um, $8,000 a month. So half of what Jamie was earning. However, she was doing, you know, the vast majority of the work. Yeah. When Britney's contract with Caesars Entertainment in Vegas for her residency, the contract itself specified that the deal between the estate and Caesars Entertainment could be cancelled if the conservatorship ended. In February of 2014, it was reported that Jamie's allowance request was not granted, but he continued to petition as such. However, he was granted at this time to earn a 1.5% of all of the gross revenues from Britney's residency in Vegas. So probably millions of dollars, I would imagine. Yeah. And then in August of 2014, Britney split from previous partner David Lucado after allegations of his cheating. Subsequently, Jamie banned Lucado from ever contacting Britney, which seems very... um, like parent of a young teenager. Yeah. Yeah. In 2015, Britney released a single with Iggy Azalea. According to Azalea, before having lunch with Britney, Britney's team searched Azalea's home to, quote, make sure she wasn't trying to stash anything weird and was not a bad influence. Yeah. What? (laughs) Literally. Like what? Like, stash what? I don't know. I really don't know. Drugs, maybe? Maybe. I I don't think that I talk about this elsewhere, but it was, at the time, a friend of 
Britney's like at the time when she had her kind of kind of breakdown when she was really struggling in 2007 2008 he is pretty adamant this this friend of hers that um it was drug induced so oh. possibly looking for drugs but this is like years eight later. years later yeah. yeah in 2016 a new york times article featured a quote from former partner david lucando stating that quote if anyone could see her interactions with her kids they would know that there's no need for conservatorship over Britney's personal life. The article also criticized the financial aspect of the conservatorship, citing Elaine Renoir, president of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. And she said, quote, as long as she is bringing in so much money, and as long as the lawyers and conservators are getting paid, there's little incentive to end it. Which seems like what's occurring. Yeah. In mid-April of 2019, an anonymous paralegal contacted Tess Barker and Barbara Gray, who were co-hosts of a Britney Spears fan podcast called Britney's Gram. And they contact, oh, sorry, the, the paralegal contacted them through a voicemail, which you can also do, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Barker and Gray claimed that they independently verified the paralegal's identity. And the paralegal claimed to have previously worked on this conservatorship case and contradicted public reports about the postponement of her second Vegas residency called Britney Domination. So initially it was reported or or it was officially reported that Britney had postponed this second residency as her father was ill. Hmm. But the paralegal stated that Brittany was, quote, not taking her medication as prescribed and refused to take a different or new medication. As a result, Jamie pulled his support for the Vegas residency, which was then postponed indefinitely. The paralegal also claimed that Jamie said verbatim, quote, blame it on my illness. So this paralegal alleged that Jamie sent Brittany to a psychiatric facility in mid-January. So at this time, they had announced that she had gone into the psychiatric facility because of Jamie's illness, um, just to get some, like, me time. Mm -hmm. Quote. (laughs) But the paralegal alleged that um, Brittany had been there for months earlier than it was officially disclosed, and that there was, quote, no end date particularly in sight for this stay at this psychiatric facility to end. Although the paralegal acknowledged that they had not spoken with Spears herself, he did say that the stay was not a decision that she made at all. And then this information began the revival of the Free Britney movement. So around this time, the hashtag Free Britney was shared on Twitter and Instagram, and called for Brittany to be released from the psychiatric hospital. Paris Hilton, who's a close friend of Brittany, used the free Brittany hashtag in an Instagram comment. Fans, including the hosts of Brittany's Gram, gathered outside of West Hollywood City Hall in the first free Brittany rally. In response, Brittany posted a video of herself on Instagram saying that all is well, and captioning it with a statement that she appreciated the concern but asked for privacy to deal with the hard things life is throwing her way. So on July the 2nd of 2020, 
Britney posted a TikTok video which ignited widespread speculation about her well-being. Essentially, and I'll put it up on the screen here, it's just a one-minute video of her like walking in and out of frame. The caption reads something about floraling, floral arrangement, but that's only showed briefly. Prior to this, there were actually a number of other videos where people were concerned about her well-being. Mm-hmm. And in the comments of the video posted immediately before this this video of her walking in and out of frame, fans urged her to wear yellow if she needed help. In that July 2nd video, as you can see, she was wearing a yellow top. So I think the concern actually probably more so came from that mm-hmm. uh, rather than how she's acting in that July 2nd video. Like she's acting weird, but not like that weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also celebrities I feel like often post kind of like strange videos and I don't know personally that I would have picked up on there being anything wrong at the time if these other things weren't going on. So this widespread concern for Britney sparked actually a large amount of investigative journalism be conducted and this included the 2021 television documentary called Framing Britney Spears from the New York Times. That film itself gathered a lot of public attention and it really pushed this like free Britney movement into the mainstream. It included testimony from various people in Britney's life, including a former assistant and her former attorney. The film focused on how Britney's depiction in the media was often hypersexualized, and this portrayal played a role in intense tabloid scrutiny. The scrutiny was in turn used against her in the court cases where she attempted to break conservatorship, kind of as proof that she was acting strangely in public. And so then she clearly wasn't. You know, in, um, in Baby One More Time, in that music mm-hmm. video, she's 16. Yeah. Yeah. Which is gross. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? But also, she's dressed very provocatively. But, like, like young provocative, if that makes sense. Like, she's just a schoolgirl. Yeah. And it, I, I didn't realize she was 16 when I first saw yeah. it. Or, like, for years afterwards. Yeah, yeah, she was very young when she was kind of initially famous. Yeah. Brittany and her legal team frequently alleged that and continue to allege that her father, as head of her conservatorship, was abusive. Court documents revealed by the New York Times showed that Brittany was given an allowance of $2,000 per week, while her father's salary, as we mentioned, was $16,000 per month. He was also granted uh, money for an office space rental and a percentage of various deals that were signed for his daughter. Essentially... Jamie was providing Britney with less of her own money than he was taking for himself. Mm. Her lawyer accused Jamie of financial misconduct and, quote, reaping millions of dollars from his daughter's estate. I also read that the the lawyer that was on the conservatorship team made something like $35,000 a month. Like he was making over $400,000 a year from the conservatorship. Holy shit. And ask for more. <laughs> ask for more. Yeah. Jesus fuck. Yeah. So Brittany also claimed via her Instagram 
quote. What people don't know is that my mom was the one who gave him the idea. I will never get those year, years back. She secretly ruined my life. Hmm. Brittany also cites her father's alcoholism when questioning his fitness to serve as her conservator. Uh, apparently, the alcoholism was quite bad and quite detrimental to the family um, as they were growing up. Hmm. And this effect is kind of corroborated by Brittany's younger sister, Jamie Lynn, who speaks on this fact at length, I believe, in her memoir. But also, there's some tea there. Jamie Lynn was also involved in the conservatorship at times. I don't get into it here, but she isn't necessarily like a great sister, like she, she maybe claims. She was in charge of it for a while, wasn't she? Didn't they take just James briefly? Senior I think off and then yeah, 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 just shortly before it was ended, I believe. Yeah. So on June twenty third of twenty twenty one. Brittany testified in a public court session against her conservatorship. She delivered a 24-minute long statement where she detailed instances where she was forced to work or perform and was threatened with lawsuits and lifestyle restrictions if she did not cooperate. This is a really powerful video if you have a chance to check it out. She speaks very well on behalf of herself. A section of her testimony read, quote, I didn't want to say any of this to anybody, to the public, because I thought people would make fun of me or laugh at me and say, she's lying. She's got everything. She's Britney Spears. I'm not lying. I just want my life back. And it's been 13 years and it's enough. It's been a long time since I've owned my money. And it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and pay so many people trucks and buses on tour on the road with me and be told I'm not good enough, but I'm great at what I do. And I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am. And it's enough. It makes no sense at all. It's enough. It makes no sense at all. Brittany, during this testimony, also criticized her father for approving the abuses that she endured and the rest of her family for failing to support her. During this statement, Brittany also requested various changes be made to the conservatorship, including developing a reconstructed care plan, handpicking her own attorney, and filing to terminate the conservatorship altogether. She also thanked fans who campaigned the Free Brittany um, movement for their support. In July of 2021, she prepared to charge her father with conservator abuse. Through his lawyer, Jamie denied that he was responsible for the restrictions apparently placed on his daughter's private life and requested an inquiry into her testimony. So again, trying to just disprove her, trying to say that she's lying. Gross. And then on November the 12th of 2021, the conservatorship of both the person and the estate on Spears was ended. Like I said, it had lasted for nearly 14 years. Assets overseen by the conservatorship were moved to a trust. Brittany called it the best day ever in a tweet after the termination. So this dispute and you know subsequent victory made Brittany a symbol of the conservatorship law reform and human rights across the United States. And it actually served as a precedent for legislation designed to combat abuse on the state and federal level. The revelations of abuse and mistreatment endured by Brittany during this arrangement, as well as years in public life, led to a reassessment of her legacy and public image, 
which had been heavily distorted by media and tabloids in the years leading up to both her kind of mental breakdown and also in the following years. So that's her case. But then how common is it elsewhere? And kind of how does it, how and where does it happen in regular members of the public? Um, So according to The Guardian, in 2021, there were 1.3 million Americans under conservatorship. Holy shit. Yeah. The article referenced a 2005 investigation by the Los Angeles Times that found many cases where elders would be placed under for-profit conservators. So who do that as a job? And in a 2018 report by the National Council on Disability, they found that conservatorships are often implemented without considering less restrictive options. Criticism and conservatorship law has been part of disability rights advocacy since the 1960s. Since the 60s and nothing's been done about it? Yeah. Conservatorships themselves are often really difficult to end. Mm-hmm. The, like, quote, burden of the termination is actually placed on the conservatee and legal counsel to be able to prove that there is a lack of necessity for the conservatorship. Conservatorships generally are established to last indefinitely. And so there isn't even like an option to wait it out um, for, for two years or whatever. There also seems to be quite a large number of highly publicized conservatorship abuse cases which leads me to believe that the phenomenon is much more common than we think. Mm -hmm. There isn't really a great amount of um, like data on the uh, prevalence of abuse because it's not something that's mm, like monitored or taken care of at a federal level. So we'll probably never know until reforms are made kind of as a general rule, the individuals who are placed under conservatorship don't actually get a say on who serves as their conservator. And then as we mentioned, conservators often charge hefty fees, in turn draining the assets that they're supposed to be protecting. We saw this specifically with those like huge quote salaries that the Britney's conservatorship team were taking. Concerningly, if someone wants to end their conservatorship through court, Conservators often prevent them from hiring a lawyer, which again, we saw um, as Britney's lawyers were dismissed multiple times. Anti-conservatorship activist Marion Kornicki says, saying that you're going to remove someone's rights in order to protect them doesn't make any sense. People need support, but you don't need to remove their rights to do that. Yeah. Conservatorship. Oh, sorry. I just said, yeah, she's right. <laughs> yeah, especially their personal rights, because like it doesn't yeah. really matter to anybody. I mean, in general, it doesn't really matter to anybody else, but I can see, you know, putting in some place so that you can ensure that the person is financially taken care of, you know, that they have money yeah. for rent and bills and things. But even so, it doesn't need to be so restrictive. Mm-hmm. So conservatorships themselves have a long history of being used against communities of color. So in the early 1900s, large oil and gas reserves were found underneath uh, lands allotted to members of the Osage, Cherokee, 
Choctaw, Chicksaw Creek, and Seminole nations, taking advantage of a federal law that gave jurisdiction over the profit over the property of indigenous minors and incompetents, quote, hmm. to county probate courts in Oklahoma, lawyers quickly moved to have themselves appointed as guardians of indigenous people with lucrative properties. Court, courts then declared indigenous individuals to be incompetent in, in most cases where oil was found on their lands. Newly appointed conservators eagerly took their new wealth while depriving their wards of financial control and a basic standard of living. Gross. Conser- yeah. And the early 1900s is not that long ago. Like, that's quite recent. Yeah. But conservatorships do continue to negatively affect Black, Indigenous, and people of color today. In California cities experiencing gentrification, conservatorships have been used to seize the homes of elderly Black and brown people and to sell their assets, draining wealth from communities and their families. And so then, as I mentioned, one of the major obstacles to tackling abuse in the conservatorship system is that there's a really large lack of data. Individual states control conservatorships, and most states actually don't keep track of the number of people who are under conservatorships, their demographics, or any allegations of abuse. A 2016 Government Accountability Office report stated that it was unable to determine the extent of elder abuse by guardians due to lack of basic data. In Canada as well, there seems to be a lack of literature on the prevalence of abuse experienced related to conservatorships, and they're called adult guardianships in Canada. However, the rates of elder abuse are pretty significantly high in Canada, and people with disabilities are generally at a higher risk of violence and abuse. So I think it's fair to say that pretty likely levels of conservatorship or guardianship abuse are pretty high in Canada and also pretty likely in the rest of the world. There's just even less data in a lot of other places than there is in the US. The more you look into this legal process, the more unjust and you know just kind of generally sickening mm-hmm. it becomes. Advocates are attempting to make legal reforms, so hopefully this is something that is successful and we can see an overhaul of the system. Um, And I'm going to link below um, some reputable advocacy agencies if you are interested in potentially supporting them or just, you know, checking out their mission and things like that. So, yeah, I didn't quite realize that it was such a common thing, to be honest with you. I had never heard of it until Britney Spears, and I'd never heard of it outside of Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a few other sort of, like, famous celebrities that are under conservatorship still. Like I said, advocates are trying to use the free Britney movement kind of as, like, a jumping point for yeah reform, but it's, um, you know, a long process, legal reform, so, yeah, we'll yeah. see, I suppose, what happens, but... Yeah, knowledge is always good. Learning about horrible things happening, while difficult, helps us to be better allies for people experiencing these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it from me today. Anything? Anything from you? No, I don't have anything to say. 
I don't think there's words to like. Obviously, it's gross, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't even really cover it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think, friends. Um, We can have a discussion in the comment section or um, you can send us an email. We're happy to talk about things at at more length if you have comments um, or questions or anything. But thank you so much for listening. Have a great time being alive. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.